Good morning. This is John Murtha with 89.1 FM Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. And this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so happy you tuned in this morning. I'm here in the studio with our studio engineer, Wanda Ewing. Hi, Wanda. Good morning. Uh, my good friend and assistant, David Abood. Good morning. Good to be here, John. And I have very special guests this morning. I have um, Pastor Troy Thompson uh, from Church of the North Coast. Welcome, Troy. Good morning. Good and we have Matt Norton, who is the technical uh, expert, which we all need. Uh, he's joined us today, and he's uh, also with Church of the North Coast. Uh, so this morning, we're going to have a very interesting program, I believe. We're going to hear a lot about the vision uh, of this uh, body of Christ here in the Church of the North Coast. And we're going to see they're just not uh, in Lorraine. They're actually all scattered throughout Northeast Ohio. And we're going to talk about their vision, uh, their ministry, and uh, some of the uh, avenues God has opened up to them to take the take the gospel and, and, and reach people that are often very difficult to reach. And we're going to talk about uh, millennials. We're going to talk about social media as it's used in spreading the gospel. And we're going to talk a lot of things this morning. But I wanted to give you our uh, number here if you want to call in. Our number here is 440-399-3044. Once again, that's 440-399-3044. And our, if you want to live stream us, that's www.wnzn.org, www.wnzn.org. Okay, Troy, well, uh, over to you. I just, uh, again, we thank you and uh, Matt for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us here this morning. Uh, good to have you. And I'm just going to turn it over to you, Troy. Maybe you could give us a little background about yourself and, and, and how you came to know the Lord and uh, how God uh, led you into ministry where you are today. And then... Uh, Matt, perhaps you can jump in too, and then I want to get into some of the particulars about your church and your ministry and, and how God has used you guys in the past years. Okay. That's a long story, John, but here, I'll try to summarize how I came to know the Lord. I came to know the Lord through the providence of God, really. Mm -hmm. it, was, it, it, it was a, a powerful chess match between me and the Lord uh, over, over the span of my life. When I was about seven years old, I woke up early and that was back when you had to actually go to the TV and, and click, 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 mm. click it, right? And so I woke up early and everyone was asleep and, and I was clicking through channels. And, and I, I stopped on this one channel because this guy was, was screaming and crying. And it was, uh, it was Jimmy Swagger. Oh, okay. It was Jimmy Swagger. But I don't know what it was, but this guy, when he, when he was talking, it was touching. And I'm only about seven or eight years mm -hmm. old, but this guy's talking and it's... It's affecting me. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting on my knees, mm -hmm. three feet away from the TV, looking at, watching and mm -hmm. listening to this guy. And I remember giving my Lord, my life to the Lord at that time. Uh, is that right? I remember. I remember. I distinctly remember. I remember the house where I lived. And I lived in many houses. I grew up poor. So I, I lived in, you know, to people say, well, where'd you grow up? Now, I grew up on every side of town. In, in the Lorraine County area, there there is. But it was in Lorraine. But it was in the, yeah. it was it was actually in Sheffield uh, Township. I was, it was over there in Campito. So anybody who knows Campito, uh, I, that's where I come from. And uh, so that morning, it really is when I received the Lord. Mm -hmm. But life has a way of pulling you away and distracting you and and and, and throwing you, trying to pull you away from your your purpose and and where God is taking you. And so it did. It did. It in in. I don't have time to, to talk about all that mm -hmm. stuff, but but then there was a you know a scenario that happened to me that brought great crisis to my life, and I found myself basically uh, in despair and alone. Even though, like, even though I was as popular as you could possibly be, I I wasn't. I, you know, I, I finally it, 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 in my life I had a little bit of money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I mean, nothing major, but I mean enough to pay the bills and feed myself and mm -hmm. and live and. And, but I never, I never wanted to be alone. Mm. Even when talk about it now, like it just, oh, it yeah. shakes me. I was so fearful of of being alone. I would, mm. I would be with crowds of people all the time. Like I was just, and I would be at the parties, and I would be with this person or that person. I never woke up alone. You know what I mean? Mm. I never woke up alone. And on this night, something happened, and and I. I, just, I was just alone, mm. and I remember going home, and it was on Fifth Street. This time I was living on Fifth Street over in Lorraine, over by the lake, and and uh, and everyone was asleep. And I went up. I lived. I was. I had like a little apartment on the top, you know, where I, you know, I lived in the house with my family. And I, I went up. It was like three in the morning, mm -hmm. and I, I I I felt so alone, so dark. I felt like the darkness was 
the this darkest it's ever been in my life. And mm-hmm. I remember crying out to God. I said, God, if you're real, mm. you, you have to show me that you're real because I I feel like I take two steps forward and five back. Mm. And I, I just feel like I don't I don't belong. I'm 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 afraid. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, the finger of God, the providence of God on my life and how he took me from one place to the next and, and surrounded me with people that, that fed me the bread of life. Mm. I, I mean, I could tell you miracle after miracle after miracle how God did it. But it was a process. You know, people talk about salvation as, you know, I, went, I walked down and <laughs> I walked down that Sunday morning when the preacher talked and, and I gave my life to, to the Lord. You know, if you ever watch me lead, lead an altar call, I'll never do it that way because I know I didn't get saved that way. Mm-hmm. I know a thousand times before I ever made a trip down an altar, I made the trip in my mind. I made the trip in my spirit. I, I raised my hand every time the, the preacher said the word. I, I you know, I, I, I worshipped even though I didn't lift my hands. I worshipped even though you didn't see me. I was still worshipping. Mm-hmm. And it was a process. It was a refining process in me. And so it was a, it was a long process, too. Mm-hmm. It, didn't, it didn't happen. I mean, I... I sat in those seats and on Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and uh, and I just kind of let God work it out in me. Absolutely. Let God work it out in me. And so, so you found a church then? Is yeah, that... I, I I by the providence of God, and <laughs> really I, I don't want to throw anybody on the bus, but by the providence of God, I ended up in in, uh, in church on the North Coast. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that was Minister <laughs> Lee was there, Pastor Lee was there. He yeah. was leading worship. And uh, this guy was up there. He was going crazy. And I'm thinking to myself, these people are insane. Right, right, right. <laughs> these people are crazy, <laughs> radical, you know right. what I mean? And, uh, and, and so yeah, the, the, this, this tall, gray-haired preacher gets up and he's got this long finger and he's slinging it around. And I, I mean, every time he did an altar call, I was I was impacted by it, and, and, and the word the word ministered to me deeply, you know, and uh, but I found myself there through a relationship, through a relationship mm. that I had, yeah. <laughs> you know, God, you know, that's the thing too. God will take your dumb decisions and redeem them. Mm-hmm. Right. He'll take yeah. your your most stupid moments that. in life. I got a lot of those. <laughs> He'll take the dumbest decision, you know, and I thought I was really making good decisions. And I look back on those are the dumbest decisions I ever made in my life. Because when I woke up that, that next morning after I prayed that prayer in that third story uh, house, mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, I got to make some changes in my life to, to help God out, basically. Oh, okay. I got to help God out. Okay. And so I, I made some decisions that weren't really his decisions, but they were decisions made in faith. They, I did the best I could at the moment mm-hmm. and I made these decisions out of faith and said well if this is what the Lord wants and this is what I'm going to do sure. and all of those decisions so if you're out there and you're listening and you say you, you, you don't know what decisions to make make decisions out of faith mm-hmm. they may not be the most informed decisions the most wise decisions but if it's a decision of faith God will redeem it he'll restore it and he did and I, I sit here today about how old were you then, Troy? I was 22 years old. Well, through the whole process, I was. It was right between my 19 and 23 year old. Oh, so you were young. Uh, life, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so now, how did how did that lead you into ministry? You're at North Coast now, and then how did the doors of ministry open for you? It it's uh, it, by the providence of God, I. I met some some people, some strong people, yeah. you know, some really strong mm-hmm. people, and that was another thing too. You know, I was always attracted uh, to leadership. I was I was so attracted to it that that you know, if you're young and you're listening, you got You have to chase an Elijah. Mm-hmm. You have to chase an Elijah. You know, you can't you can't expect your Elijah to chase you and and, and just. You have to chase him. And so I, I, I just started hanging around Pastor Greg, started hanging around wherever you know, the pastor was because there was something on him that, I, I, that was so attractive and he was just so anointed. So I'm like, man, i, I got to be around these guys. I went, and and that, was, that was true to life for me. So I'd mm. walk into a room and, and try to pick up the guy that was, you know, that was the influencer in the you room. Got it. And so I, what do you, I want what you got, and how do I get it? And that's so uh, that's, that's kind of how I did it. That's, that's how I ended up here. You know, you brought out a good point. You have to chase your Elijah. And we live in a day and an age where, where this whole thing of discipleship and mentoring is, is often not thought about. When, when you say chase your Elijah, and of course that goes with Elisha, when he, he aligned himself with this great prophet Elijah, and he wanted what he had, mm-hmm. the, the anointing, the ministry, and he, it was something he would, he would go after. And today, we, this whole thing of a Paul-Timothy relationship, 
Uh, you know, it, it's interesting that the business world takes kingdom principles. Mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing with mentoring today is very big in business, is it not? In internship. But what Jesus gave us to that in terms of discipleship. The whole thing with franchising today is huge, is how to replicate a bit. Well, the whole thing with church planning was Absolutely. a spiritual franchise yeah. that Paul did all through the Mediterranean in the first century. Right. The whole thing with networking, uh -huh. where you connect with your people that's and I connect with biblical. their people. That's yeah. fellowship. Yeah. So <laughs> the Lord gave us these things, and the world takes it. And we, but I like what you said about chasing Elijah. We might pick up on that later, Dave. Yeah, that is absolutely. so important. Yeah, that would be important. And um, so now we come, and we're up to this area of the um, mm -hmm. Church of the North Coast. And, of course, I've been there. I, 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 the pastor, Kite, I just have a lot of respect for you guys. And uh, But now the church has grown and has expanded. Maybe you could tell us a little about that. Let me, let me, let me finish my thought on chasing Elijah because there's something you said. You know, I, I, I'm at this point because I did that. And what by chasing my Elijah, by, by chasing leadership and, and I'm going after the and valuing the the gift inside of them, I I gleaned from them my own gift. Mm -hmm. wow. I awakened my That's own. That's a good point. And and the, the God of Elijah became the God of Elisha. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was able to catch the mantle and, and awaken my own anointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, and, and and it never loses its 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 power, you know, mm -hmm. and then that story it, it was greater in, in, in Elijah. And that doesn't that's not a shot, you know, but that that's that's actually a compliment. That's a compliment because I caught it and, and my whole pursuit now is to is to increase mm -hmm. what Elijah mm -hmm. What I got from Elijah mm -hmm. to increase it in the next generation. Absolutely. I believe with all my heart that God has positioned me providentially mm -hmm. between an Abraham and Jacob generation. Mm -hmm. That I am the Isaac. And I believe there's an attack on every Isaac out there listening right now. I believe Absolutely. there's an attack on your yeah. life to mm -hmm. keep you from doing it. The transfer. Yeah. The transfer from Elijah to, to Elijah. There has to be this pursuit but this but this transfer from Abraham to Jacob, yeah. there has to mm -hmm. be an Isaac that stands yeah. in the middle yeah, that yeah. holds those two generations yeah. together. Mm -hmm. And what I witness in culture today is the fact that Isaacs are falling off. Isaacs are, are dying from heroin addiction. Isaacs are, 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 are rolling mm -hmm. stones and, and letting it go. Like that. That's where the attack is. So I just wanted to finish that thought. We'll go back Ooh. to the question again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we should stay on that point yeah. because um, number one, is, is we don't, people, as believers today, we don't fully understand the anointing yes. and the necessity yeah. to protect one's anointing yeah. because that's a gift of the Holy Spirit upon us. And although we have our salvation, I believe that's secure, but the anointing of God mm -hmm. upon our lives must be protected. And yeah. God blesses that. And yeah. David, you had a question even about this whole thing, especially with the youth yeah. and, and reaching. Well, He's you, big on reaching the youth. We, you know, Troy, um, it really struck me with what you were saying because... I think Isaacs are getting attacked. You know, um, when I when I got into my faith, I was extremely blessed. You talk about providence. I mean, you know, my story. We're here to talk about you and your church, but I just want to uh, focus on what you said because if other people are experiencing this, especially when they're early in their walk, they have to know that they're not alone, mm -hmm. and the importance of community and the importance of having mentors around you that are deep in the faith. That has to be your pillar. The problem we have with the teens now from what I've seen. I've interviewed uh, my son, his friends, I've talked to pastors, I've talked to other people, I've talked to football coaches because I played football, that, that's, that's what I know. And the fact is that these teens feel entitlement, they're self-focused, they're narcissistic, their life is based around filters that they put on Facebook and these other social media you know, um, venues. It's filtered, it's not real. And so they have no way to understand how to have a deep relationship. It is easy to get off center when you start to walk in the faith because they don't know how to have a relationship with other people, let alone God. So when I talk to my kids and they're missing you know, their phone, I said, you see the phone over there in the kitchen? Call your friend. <laughs> no, Dad, we text. Call your friend. <laughs> so th the bottom line is they don't know how to talk to each other. They don't know how to have a relationship, whether it's with a girl or a boy or a priest. So in your situation, I love what you said, chase your Isaiah. I mean, 
if I love that because one of the things I told Tristan is, look, you always want to be around people that you want to emulate. Forget the rest, and but you got to stay with them. And you know, d don't let your feelings be hurt if they don't get back to you right away. They're busy, <laughs> man. They're kicking it out. <laughs> okay, they're good people. Yeah. Don't take it personally. You know, and the other thing is, you look at depression. Three million adolescents aged 12 to 17 in the United States had at least one major depressive episode. That's close to 15% of our teens. It's because of social media. I can give you the stats on bullying, drugs, sexual activity. Right. I can tell you they're living in la-la land because of social media. It's not their fault. I feel bad for them. I always told Marilyn... Uh, that, you know, my wife, I, I told her, I said, our kids are not getting cell phones until I think they're mature enough. Do you know the kind of uh, bazooka missiles I, I, I took on, especially in grade school and everything? Because everybody had, you know, I, I can't be in this group. You know, my daughter was in this cheer group. I don't know what's going on. Too bad. Call your friend. So the bottom line is I've never been on Facebook personally. I will not allow my family to be on Facebook personally. I'm not bashing anything. I'm just telling you that the problem with this, this social media, it gets back to your point, and I'm coming to the conclusion of this, is we have to teach them how to have a relationship. And I love what you said. For those of these young teens that are trying to break away from their tribe, because they're at parties, they're doing drugs, they're doing other things, they, they feel alone because social media will drive you to feel alone. It, it, the research shows it. Uh, especially, can you imagine being unfriended in front of the world? What does that do to them? You know, it's the end of the world for them. And so uh, I, I think the best thing we can do for our kids, and, and one of the things I've tried to do for mine, I'm not perfect. I, I have troubles every day, and I'm new in my faith. But I was blessed that when I was coming to my faith, God introduced me to John Murtha. Mm -hmm. Okay, and without that, I never would have studied the Bible. I read it for the first time four years ago. I'm starting to be in the Word, but I never would have stuck with it. Yeah. If I didn't see his commitment to me, I would have been off on my bunny trails. So it is a reciprocal agreement. I commend you for doing that mm -hmm. at your church, and uh, I think you're you're on target with that. Yeah, you're my boy. Yeah. I, there has to be. In the, in the Jacob generation, yeah. there has to be a more compelling force that reinforces their DNA. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean when I say that? The, the two most compelling forces this world ever will ever experience yeah. is when a person operates in their purpose and their identity. You tap it, and what John was able to do was tap into your DNA. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he awakened your identity. He awakened mm -hmm. your purpose. And that right there speaks at a primal level. That speaks at a, a molecular level that every cell in your body agrees with and says amen to and let's pursue it. And so the, the generation, the millennial generation that everybody's throwing, you know, and I'm not, we're not doing this in this room, but I'm saying every time I talk or hear somebody talk about it, they're throwing them in the trash. They, but yeah. what, they're, what they fail to realize with this generation is this is the generation that controls the airwaves. Mm -hmm. Yes. Sure. They control yeah, the airwaves. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. they are the most, it, it, it is the most innovative generation to ever walk on two legs and suck air. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. They are, they, they're changing the game. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, if we don't tap into the creative, innovative DNA that God put mm -hmm. there, the 0.1%, did you know, I, I just oh. shared this recently, that every one of us shared 99.9% .9 of the same DNA. Mm -hmm. That tells me there's only 0.1% of us that sets us aside as mm -hmm. original. Mm -hmm. It's our job. It's our job as the Elijahs mm -hmm. of our of our Absolutely. world today mm -hmm. to awaken the 0.1% yeah. in our children yeah. and in our generation. Yeah. Gotta do it. Gotta yeah. awaken. You know, you bring yeah. up a good point, Troy. Um, two fundamental deep needs of human beings, you touched on is number one is intimacy and the other is significance. Mm -hmm. And all people crave this, whether it's intimacy and friendship or in marriage mm -hmm. or in family or teams, we want, deep, we want deep relationships. And the other is significance, to know that my life mattered, that oh, my words, right. and in Christ Jesus, we have this. Uh, this is one of the reasons the gospel exploded in the first and second century in a very hostile Greco-Roman world. But to say that God loves you, He's purposed you. He wants yeah. to dwell in you. You can actually, you have power over the demonic. Your words can speak life. All of this suggests your life is significant. The other thing 
is intimacy. He says, if you will abide in me and I abide in you. So he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What we have to do is, as Paul did with Timothy, he adopted a millennial. Yeah. I mean, in a spiritually speaking, Peter adopted John Mark. He says, right. Yeah. Right. but he says, he says to him, follow me. <laughs> As I have followed Christ. Yeah. So the idea right. being, yeah. it's not enough to message. We mm -hmm. have to model and message. Yeah. What is there about our life that a young person would want to... That's that, correct. Yeah. And, the, and that's when you come you, to the whole yeah. thing with discipleship, uh -huh. even yes. at the time of Plato and Socrates, mm -hmm. see, a disciple just did not want to learn from his master. He wanted to be the master. Right. He wanted his personality. He wanted, he wanted to be better than the wanted, master. I remember wanted, that in martial arts. He wanted arts, what yeah. he had. That's right. That's right. Am I right? Yeah. He didn't, <laughs> these were not just teacher-student. Yeah. Not trying he, to model the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly <laughs> right. I want to be... be yeah. You know, that, that's what Paul... His Paul was the greatest missionary to ever live. I'm just saying that. Mm. Uh, being a missionary for over 35 years. But what Paul's quest in life, he says, I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection, the fellowship. In other words, he wanted to grow in who he was in Christ Jesus. Yes. In doing that, you become magnetic. You become attractive. Wanda, over that to you. That is also, no matter what the generation mm -hmm. is, there's no generation that does not respond to the name of Jesus. Yeah, right. And whether it's the millennial, because we, we, there is such a target mm -hmm. on the millennial, because it's, possibil it's a possibility that the millennials will usher the return of Jesus. Yeah, possible. And the word of God in Colossians says, 3 and 2, set your affection on, on things above and not on this earth. Mm -hmm. It is our responsibility as the generations that precede them mm -hmm. to, to sow Jesus, to sow the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? Not necessarily by talking or fussing or, you know, mm -hmm. but we go, everything goes back to prayer mm -hmm. for weeks and weeks and weeks we've been talking about the parables mm -hmm. it yeah. may not necessarily be a direct communication but when we go to God to deal with this group mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of, of unique people because there is a purpose and a powerful appointment and assignment to the this group of people oh, yeah. that we understand so that we know how to minister to them so that they respond in order. That's a good point, Wanda. Yeah. I mean yeah, we it, have to raise a generation yeah. of yeah. Daniels. Yeah. And in and, and a yeah. sense that they know uh, about culture. They understand mm -hmm. they can move in and out of culture and they can use the tools of culture. Absolutely. Quite honestly, social media is 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 like TV. It TV is. is good, TV is bad. Yeah. Internet is good, internet is bad. I mean, yeah. it, you know, a, a, a knife in the hand of a surgeon can, can heal somebody. A knife in the hand of a, a, a robber can kill you. Yeah. It's not the knife itself, so it's not the tools. Yeah. But how do we use it? How and that's what you guys are doing, Troy. You, you, yeah. Culture is controlled by dominant passion. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what we have to, to do is learn, first of all, got to learn to translate better. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to translate. Absolutely. Mm -hmm what we know to what they don't know and this is where this is where I get in a lot of trouble because I say this and, and a lot of religious people get mad at me but you know it, you have to learn to, to speak your church language and then you have to know the culture enough to know how to translate church language to culture language mm -hmm. and where we drop it a lot is we expect the language of the church to, to translate itself to culture, and it doesn't translate well. It often comes off as condescending, mm -hmm. uh, uh, condemning, mm -hmm. distorted, judgmental. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, but if we could learn to speak two languages, and, 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 and in order to speak another language, you've got to be familiar with the culture. So you're not, you could be in the world, but not of it, Absolutely. the scriptures say. So you've got to be in the world. Mm -hmm. you, you have, we have to affect the mountains of influence as, uh, what's the book I read a while ago with the, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he talks about the cultures of influence, the, these mount, these seven mountains Education, of government. Yeah. yeah, yeah all yeah, of those yeah. mountains. So, but you, you're there. And so what, what, but what I see a lot of the times is we're speaking this language, and we refuse to modify the language to a generation, and they they just can't understand. You're yeah. speaking you're speaking Cantonese. And the same it's the same thing when when you when you go to the doctor, and he can say what a certain condition 
There's a medical term, right. and there's a layman term, right. but it's the same meaning, right. but we have to use wisdom, and it's the same thing, and I, I was listening to, to David, and my mind went back mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. when I was youth minister in my church, yeah. and there was a young lady, she had not gotten married yet, and she, was, she became pregnant, and my mom and I saw it differently. And where I, when she came into the church, I stood up and I embraced her. My mom saw that as condoning sin. Yeah, right. But that was not. She needed a hug. Absolutely. (laughs) Because the word of God says, love covers a multitude. Well, and where, and where mm-hmm. there's love, you you grab the you feel soul, it. no matter what. Yeah, right. So it's just it's the same thing, different generation. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> you've been doing it for a long yeah. time, right? <laughs> and you know, we have to hear what unbelievers are saying. Yeah. And when you look at statistical response to Christian, how the unbelievers. They, they will often say, we're hypocritical, yeah. we're mm-hmm. critical, we're judgmental. We have to hear what they say. We might not fully buy into Absolutely. it, but we have to hear. And we can become very pharisaical, mm-hmm. even in our languaging. Yeah. And you have distortion. So we're broadcasting FM, and their receivers are on AM. Exactly. So my point is, is, is to, we must learn how to glow and not glare. <laughs> we have to learn how to glow and not glare. Because if all they catch that. is judgmental, yeah. judgmental, right. judgmental. Yeah. They'll say, I don't need it. I know I'm not a good person. I don't need it. Because at the end of the day, the Lord wants to only men but to love. That's it. I heard this the other day. When Jesus, when they brought the, the woman who was caught in the act of adultery yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, skip, skip, Kroman, you're out there. Thank you for this. He, he, they, they bring this adulteress. They didn't bring the man. They yeah, brought yeah. the woman, which is, you know, hypocritical. Yeah. But they, they bring her. And they throw, and it says in the text that they were in the temple. Yeah, right. Yeah, in the temple when when they holy place. Right. So that means, as we perceive the story, there was no dirt for him to write in, Mm -hmm. but there was stone. Absolutely. And it says that Jesus took his finger and he wrote on the stone. Mm -hmm. And the only time they had seen that ever happen before was when Moses went up to the mountain with the Lord, and he wrote the finger of God took and on, on the stony. Hard heart of man, God will take. You just present them to the grace of the Lord and the truth, the grace and truth of Christ. And God will take his finger and he will, no matter how hard it is or resistant it is to it, Jesus has this way of taking his finger and writing his love on your heart. And no matter how hard it is, it, 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 it just goes right. And it impacts you and changes you. So it's not really our job to, to you know, change them or transform them. Right. It's our job to, to sow a seed in faith That's for them. Yeah. And most people are affected by, by culture. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's a big thing. Most of us are affected by the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Very few of us you know, have the ability to change the atmosphere. Right. Right. And you know, that's what we have mm-hmm. to awaken in the generation is, is that you have the potential within you to change the atmosphere rather than be infected by the atmosphere. Right. And, and you know, one of the things that, uh, while you were talking, Troy, um, one of the things that I was thinking about is the the teens listening, adults too. Mm-hmm. They're wondering, well, who do they chase? You know, do I have anybody I can chase right now? At least I hope that's what they're asking. Mm-hmm. And they, you really have to be on the lookout. You want to find somebody. I mean, this is back to Christ. When we talk about what we're talking about, mm-hmm. we have to model him. I, I'm thinking about our parable again with the good shepherd. Why is it the good shepherd? Because the sheep trusts the shepherd. And, you know, a story that I have in my background, uh, the, the, the closest I've gotten to Christ in my life uh, next to John caring about my walk and being with me and my family is my grandmother. We called her Situ. And regardless of what I did, my dad was really, really hard on me, very hard on me. And uh, so I would run over to her house. You know, I, just, I would just break out of the house and go over there. And she lived, you know, maybe a half a mile up the road from us. And she would just, I would just come into the house and I'd say, hi, Situ. She said, come on, Dino. And she called me Dino. Let's have something to eat. Now, uh, for every woman or girl listening, uh, a, a way to a man's heart is to feed him first before he starts to talk. Let me tell you, it worked for me. But, uh, so she'd bring out the kibbe and the spinach pies. 
And she was just a very calming force and she sat with me. Anything I told her, she never reacted. She just sat there and said, it's okay, Dino, I love you. Yeah. Let me tell you, I, I, that's all I can tell you. You want a secret formula like Christ? You know, he did not, regardless of who he was talking with, that's all he said. I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk. You know, I just made some fish. Do you imagine him cooking for you? Mm-hmm. You know, they're out there on the boat, and then they come to shore, and he's cooking fish. Come on, I wish I was there. But the point is, I'm back to the basics. I with Cra- you come with me. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm back to the basics of my grandmother. And what I'm learning in my discipleship walk, and I can be a really harsh dude. I had a construction company when I was young. I paid my own way through college, so I can be very harsh. It's a challenge for me to to be more like Christ. But when you do it, even if you take the example of my grandmother, it's just, it's okay. I love you. It'll be okay. Then what you start to build, which these kids don't know in my mind, is a relationship. They don't know how to have a deep relationship of trust. So that's what you you got to do, Troy. Anybody else listening, Wanda, John and I are trying. Matt, uh, you know, we, we got to build trust with them so we can't turn them into disciples and they believe that there is a God and he loves them regardless of what they're doing. That's the only way to pull them out of the, tri- the bad tribes they're in, mm-hmm. don't you think? That's just true. Two most compelling forces the world will ever know is identity and purpose. Identity yeah. says I know who I am yeah. while I'm here. Purpose says I know why I am, mm-hmm. why I'm here. Most people pursue the why I am, why I'm here, before they do the who I am uh, while I'm here. Yeah. And, and really, if, you, if you're not clear why you are here, if you def- if you can figure out whose you are while you're yeah. here, mm. you, you'll, you'll awaken to your why. Yeah. And so, you know, it's to, for this reason, if, if we could teach a generation and, and, and you know, reinforce it in myself, every time I get a little lost, every time I get a little fuzzy, mm-hmm. every time I get a little sidetracked, every time I get discouraged, mm-hmm. every time, you know, something happens or, you know, somebody, it, it, you know, there's their shade being thrown or hate being thrown. Mm-hmm. You know what I do? I go sit down by myself and I... I reevaluate my why I'm here, or actually who I am right. while I'm here. So it's, it's who, who do I belong to, whose image am I made in? I, I, that's what I need to know. Whose DNA is me? The 0.1%. I tap back into the, the 0.1%, and then what they say, mm-hmm. and the peer pressure, and mm-hmm. the, you know, the Facebook stuff, and then, then it doesn't infect me. I affect it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's the greatest thing we can give a generation. Awaken their identity. You want to you know why everybody's confused and don't know, you know their gender and, and you know all of these things? It's because of identity. Yeah. That is not a stab at anybody. Listen to me. It's identity confusion that is creating this distorted reality that people are living in today. And so we need to reinforce their identity. Listen, you have you have 0.1% of you that sets you apart from the person that, that, that mm-hmm. the, every other person on the planet. Mm-hmm. And you've got to find that 0.1%. And it is only found in your father's DNA from mm-hmm. heaven. You tap into that, you'll discover your who, and you'll discover your right. why. You know, uh, the, the, the big thing here is what's known as heroic challenge. Our generation lacks the, what's known as heroic challenge. That's why we gravitate towards celebrity, which is a very temporal. Uh, but if you have the, like our parents, their generation, called the greatest generation, they went through the Great Depression, they went through World War II. Well, they had a cause that was bigger than themselves. Yeah. You had guys 15 years old going to the draft board wanting to sign up because yeah. they want to be part of something that was bigger than right. themselves, and they were willing to give their life. Yeah. What we lack is the heroic challenge, but Jesus gave us the greatest heroic challenge yeah. of all <laughs> called the Great Commission, and when we rediscover that, and then we say, wow, this is it. Why? Because this is something so grander than anything that we're putting our hands right. to. We can be part of it. No matter yeah. where we are in the, yeah. in the body of Christ, yeah. we can be part of this heroic challenge. And I believe the younger, all generations, but this millennial generation is seeking what is that heroic challenge? Good what point. is that for me to yeah. do? What, where can I plug they're, in? They're looking What's, to follow something. And where yeah. my generation was big on resume, right. and the whole thing with the Bible is about legacy. So we always said, <laughs> what we accomplished in school and that. But the key was, what am I going to leave behind? What I leave? Huh? Shine brighter. There you go. Everybody's got to shine brighter. Everybody's got <laughs> to tap into their own. Yeah, exactly. We'll take a break, and when we come back, Troy, I want you to give contact information, uh, how people can get a hold of you, where your churches are located. We'll pick up on this discussion on the other side. We'll just do a song right now. Welcome, this is John Murtha at 89.1 FM Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. 
And we have special guests here this morning with Pastor Troy Thompson of Church of the North Coast and his assistant, Matt Norton, who's the technical man there. And so we're very happy to have him in the studio. We're just going to pick up, Troy, where we left off. And you were sharing about uh, the millennials and reaching out and messaging and how we have to speak the language of the culture we're trying to reach. And we sometimes we can wrap that in religious kind of a wrapping, and uh, they don't really hear. Uh, what There's distortion there when they don't really hear with clarity the simplicity of the gospel. Maybe you could talk a little about that. Somebody said they need a heroic challenge. Mm-hmm. John, I think you said that, they need a heroic challenge. Nothing resonates more deeply with me than that statement. Mm-hmm. And, and what's needed for every person that's listening right now is is for you to embrace the greatness that's within you. Stop suppressing it. Stop being afraid yeah. of it. Because a generation needs the hero. Mm-hmm. They need to see a, a David in the Valley of Elah challenge mm-hmm. the Philistines of their day, challenge mm-hmm. the Goliaths of their day. Everyone needs it. You know, you said the greatest generation ever lived. Well, they had heroes in their day too, mm-hmm. just like we have heroes today in ours. And somebody has to inspire mm-hmm. the muddled masses that are being influenced with the, the, the chaos that controls the airwaves. And so, you know, if you're a born-again believer, it's, it's time for you to shine. It's mm-hmm. time for you to become the hero for people to look to and be inspired from. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of seeing people, you know, Sunday after Sunday, just sit there. Mm-hmm. Just sit there. Yeah. You know, if you took your DNA and you stretched it out and... It, it, from end to end, it would go to the moon and back 6,000 times. Mm. 6,000 times you took your DNA. That tells me that God is so, that God is so uh, different and original that he made you so original. that, And it confuses me. If God created DNA that could stretch to the moon and back 6,000 times, do you realize how original, how fearfully and wonderfully made you are? That God made you that way. There's not one aspect of yourself that should that should try to be like somebody else, or or it, you're that original. The Bible says that the angels go around the throne room of God and they shout out, "Holy, holy, holy!" Mm-hmm. from from the from the new uh, revelation that they see in, yeah. in God. And that tells me that there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing every day. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing every day. They come to church. They're just sitting there. And, but, but but all the while, there's a hero. There's a hero inside them that, yeah. that's that's begging to challenge the generations beneath them. And, and Jen, yeah, Troy, right on, because Jen and I were talking on the way up here about the Holy Spirit in all of us and Christ in all of us, and we are the tabernacle. My wife just had a Bible study on that too. But Jen, you know, that's something we talked about and something we need to instill in our, our children and our teens, Troy. Uh, because uh, if we are, in fact, the tabernacle, we have to walk a different walk. We have to talk a different talk. And that's very hard for me because I, I even find myself, I'm thinking of the teens, I find myself having to control every thought that comes out of my head. And if I don't, I'm not honoring the tabernacle inside of me now that I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. But, John, you know, we don't want to get into that whole discussion, but the bottom line is, to your point, the way to get heroic uh, uh, challenge to these kids is to let them know Christ is in them, right, Troy? And then how do you pull that out of them? How do you get them to see it? What do you do with these teens? You, you empower them. You empower them. There's nothing more more of a compliment to me than when somebody says, I, I trust you with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not going yeah, like to interfere yeah. with it. I'm going to trust your perspective mm-hmm. with this. If you give somebody creative license, you'd be surprised at what they could bring to the table for you. I like you'd that. You'd be absolutely yeah. astonished. Yeah. You say, I'm not going to, I'm just going to let you do this. I see this in my own children. You say, listen, this is your, this is your deal. Mm-hmm. And my son, Jeremiah Burris, uh, president of the Love Haiti Fund, he's doing amazing things because when he was 16 years old, I took him to Haiti and, uh, and he came back. And he felt the empowerment. He felt the support of the people yeah. around him. He felt the love, and he and and he's not judged for his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where we miss it. Right there, We're man. That's the good mis- shepherd. <laughs> our mistakes, right? We make mistakes. Yeah. You know when you make a mistake. Oh heck yeah! You know, and you got to give people the permission to make some mistakes, right? Because we're. Per- we're all professional uh, mistake makers, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and if, if you're not making mistakes, you're not in the game, and you're not playing it to win. And so, for for all of our generations that are out there, for the for the millennials, yeah. listen, I would tell, I would say, listen, here, you're empowered. You, you know, tap into the creative genius that's within each of them, and say, 
you know, you're gonna make some mistakes. I'm not gonna judge you for them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on you and, and take away your your creative license. Yeah, I like that. I'm not gonna take away your crayons. Yeah. Right. When I was in second grade, they took away my crayons. <laughs> yeah. They did. They took away my crayons. It, and it, but up until that point, Wanda, uh-huh. they celebrated my originality. Yeah. Up to the up to, when I was in kindergarten, they celebrated it. They, yeah. they and I would take it home to my parents, and they would hang it on the refrigerator yeah. to tell me how yeah. good it was. Yeah. And when in reality, it, it really wasn't that sure. great. Right. But but you know, we do this oftentimes with our kids. We celebrate their originality until they start doing things that freak us out a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Still, they start challenging some of the things right. that we believe in, and so. Right. But up until that point, we hang their stuff on the refrigerator like you're awesome, you're awesome. Yeah. But then around the second grade, something happens. Mm-hmm. You, they, they, we get put into the conformity, the convenience, and the fear yeah. of, of the world. We yeah. could, we get put into the construct of this world, mm-hmm. and, and they say this is how you have to do it from here on out. Then they take our crayons. Then they tell us the, to, to color inside the land, the lines. Then they tell us, you know, the, the sky's blue and the grass is green. Now, what if I didn't want to paint yeah. the sky blue yeah. or the yeah. grass green? What if, to me, mm-hmm. if it was a hue of pink and purple, and, and, and yeah, you know, think out of the box and let them think out of the box constructively. Why? Yeah, but it's in the control. Yeah, it's in the control. And if you'll just let a generation go, mm-hmm. say, listen. Yeah. You kind of scare me mm-hmm. with the way you do these things, mm-hmm. but there's something in there that I see that's really from the hand of God. Right. Yeah. It's really, you're really graced and gifted, and if we could focus on where God has set them apart mm-hmm. rather than where they scare us, uh, yeah. rather than where they scare us, yeah. because because they take that that criticism as well, you mm-hmm. don't. You, you re- it's a rejection, rejection of my identity. Right. It's a rejection of my So reinforce the greatness yeah. of God inside of them, how they color outside the lines, how they do it original, and you'll see heroes emerge from their generation. But you got to awaken that. You know, you see that with Paul, with Timothy, mm-hmm. because he has to constantly tell Timothy, Timothy, don't despise your youth. You can do this, Timothy. You're strong. And Timothy, I think, was reluctant at times to step into the role that Paul had, in a sense, created for him. And same thing with John Mark. He, yeah. he, he has a falling away, but later on in 2 Timothy, he says, bring John Mark along. He's useful for the ministry. But it's the idea, once you empower somebody, you're giving them the keys to the car. You're, you're saying you can run with this. But again, they have to see it in us because uh, there's, there's a major disconnect. Yeah. If we're telling them one <clears throat> thing and we're living and showing them another Absolutely. thing, there's this yeah. major disconnect. And, right. and that's where it's problematic. But Paul says, follow me. As I have followed Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, he's saying, my light is lining up with Christ. It wasn't perfect, but you can follow me. And that's what people are looking for. Who am I going to follow? Right. Who am I going to follow? They need a leader. They yeah. need a leader. They need a leader. They do. Somebody you out there should company? say that to themselves. They need a leader. <laughs> your company needs a leader. Your school needs a leader. Would you give the contact information, Troy? And so some people may want to... Uh, go to your church or get in touch with the, you or the website. Yeah, you can follow us on all social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of them. Church on the North Coast, you can just search for us there. And uh, our website is cnclove.org. What, do you have anything coming up in the near future? Oh especially? We got, we got Hezekiah Walker. Yeah. What is it? Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, everybody go get a ticket right now. Hezekiah <laughs> Walker is coming to town. Like, I don't know why you're waiting. Hezekiah Walker will be with us with Israel. Uh, Tim Story is going, is, will yeah. be here on September 7th. I'm selling pre-sale tickets uh, to a, a uh, leaders, business leaders, and entrepreneurs. There's a, there's a one-hour session with limited seating that I'm selling, and I'll sell those tickets for $10 right now. If you go to cnclove.org, $10 a ticket. You get one hour with Tim Story. Tim Story has some Oprah dust on him, and he is the spiritual, really, advisor to some of the greatest uh, leaders in Hollywood. And this huh. guy's really, now, you want to talk about somebody who's doing what we're talking about? Mm-hmm. Tim. And he's contagious. Yeah. He, he is, this, this guy's is so contagious. Go Google him right now. If you've never heard of Tim Story, T-I-M Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y. Google his name right now. I promise you, you're going to want to be at Church on the North Coast, September 7th. At 7 o'clock, there's a main service. But before that, there's a 6 o'clock you know, special limited seating for $10. You can get a ticket and you can get in there and ask questions to Tim Story. Let me tell you why this guy changed his lives. Because he empowers people mm-hmm. and he taps into their DNA and who they are. And he did it, and he's a good friend of mine. I talk to him often, and uh, he's funny, he's awesome. But he did it. He did this. He did this one thing, yeah. and this is why I, I said, Tim, you got to come back. And you got to do this. Mm-hmm. He preached and he ministered for like two hours, and he 
you know, prophesied and laid hands on everybody and just declared the word. And then he was tired and he got in the back and I said, Tim, you want to go get something to eat? He said, Troy, go get six people and bring them back here. And so I went and got six people, brought them back, and he looked at them in the eye, each of them individually. I'm telling you, it was, it was chilling to watch it unfold. He said, if I were you, I would ask me questions because I am very successful and God has anointed me to do this that I'm doing right now. So go ahead, ask me any question you want. And the, and the room went silent. And then, and then he, said, he said it again. If I were you, I'd ask me a question, any question. And so question after question started to mm. come. But there were questions that were personal, business. And he, and he just shared from the treasure of experience of his life, wow. the failure, the success, mm. the influence, the, you know, the Oprah's, the, the Kanye West. The, you know, he started, and he wasn't bragging. He was just telling you, like, I'm, I've become my hero for my life, and now I'm helping you become the hero for your life. And so, you know, he's doing it, and I would invite anybody and everybody, come out to that night at 7 o'clock, be a part of the show, and if you want those tickets, $10 right now, go to cnclove.org. CNC, that's the key. Okay. And Will Ford. Will Ford will be with us on uh, September 17th at our 10 o'clock service in Lorraine. If you don't know who Will Ford is, you should go Google his name. You talk about a message of re- racial reconciliation that the message that, that the uh, world needs to hear right now. Will Ford embodies that message. Mm. This guy is walking, living, breathing racial reconciliation. Mm. He's a part of the blessing rather than the curse. He talks about being, what story do you want to be a part of? You want to be a part of the curse? You want to be a part of the blessing? Mm. You want to be a part of the, the, the slander? Or do you want to be a part of the, you know, the incredible uh, word of God that, that's been spoken over the nation? Okay. Be there for that September 17th. At uh, 10 o'clock. Thank you. Thank you, Troy. Yes, David. You know, I was talking to my son, uh, Tristan. I know he's listening today, and we had this conversation. And I said, Tristan, what are, what are some of your biggest challenges in school? And I said, what are they? He's and 17. He said, yeah, he just turned 17. 17. And he said to me, Dad, it's, uh, it's the fact that there's kind of tribes in our school. You know, there's a group that has parties and does alcohol. There's a group that maybe does drugs. And, and then I have my group where everybody knows we're kind of clean and we don't want to be a part of all that stuff. Now, he's been blessed and we've been blessed that we've had him in a teen group since we became Christians. But he said the challenge is, you know, keeping clean. And, uh, and these other people know, even though they're friends of his during the day, they don't invite him to these parties and his friends because they know they're not going to participate. And their response is, well, what do you want to come for? You know what we're going to be doing. So how do you, how do you talk to my son about keeping that armor on? Yeah, I would, my son experienced this as well. I have a, I have a son named Tristan also. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, my oldest son. Yeah. Knights at the Round Table. Huh? How, old the same thing. how old is he? 26. Okay. 26. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, you know, the most, the coolest person in the room is the most original person in the room. And if we could teach a generation that, like the coolest person in the room is the most original person in the room. And I tell my girl this all the time. She's 13 years old, struggling with a lot of the things you just said. A 17-year-old, 17-year-old boy, I couldn't imagine being a 17-year-old boy <laughs> immersed in the culture of today's society. It, it's a chokehold. It's a chokehold, really is. Without faith, you, you, you know. And, and, and just. But what I tell my, my, my little girl is, listen, um, the most original person is the person who just doesn't care what everybody thinks, what everybody else thinks. And that's a hard thing mm-hmm. to tell oh. a teenager. But it is the absolute 100% truth. But then I give her, then I give her examples of these cultural icons of her day. I, I say, you look at Taylor Swift. Now, you think Taylor Swift, you think she cares what you think about her? You look at Kanye West. This guy, he's selling shoes. You can't buy him. I mean, you, but he's selling for $1,500. Hello. He's selling shoes. I mean, you look around you. All of the people that are influencing culture could care less mm. about what everybody else thinks about them. And we have got to somehow awaken that original, I don't care. We got to flip that I don't care button on inside of people. 
inside of Jeff. In, in, inside of our own lives, we have to switch that button because we care so much. It, and, and I'm almost divided in two. I heard this one guy say this one time. I'm almost split in two by how much I care about what you think of me then how much I just don't care what you think of me, right? And there has to be that, that tension that we live in. And we have to teach our, our kids this tension. Like, yeah, I get that, that, you're, that you want to be a part of that crowd. But listen, the, the coolest people on the planet are the ones that, that live in the I just don't care what you think of Amen me to that. world. Yeah. They live in that world. Those are the ones who will run the companies, those are the ones who will sign your paychecks, those are the ones who will discover, you know, the things that have never been discovered, will push the envelopes of, of innovation, those are the ones, because when you say it can't be done, I just look at you and go, I don't care what you say, I'm going to go do it. Excellent, yeah. And, and this great. is not yeah. disrespect or dishonor no. to anybody, because yeah. most, most of the times this comes to those closest to you, right? Let's be honest, most, what did Jesus say? A prophet is not with honor except in his own country, mm -hmm. among his own family members. Mm -hmm. And he, he was he faced the same. Because there's no honor there, because there's because of that, because you treat me as common, I can't do I can't operate in faith here. Absolutely. And and faith wasn't the problem, honor was the problem. Right. You didn't honor the greatness and the originality of me, and so therefore I could not release and open up the, the, the heavens of faith. Yeah. The, the heavens were brass, the atmosphere was locked down Absolutely. because because you didn't honor me. And what we've got to teach a generation is listen you got to not care and Jesus yeah. Jesus he lived in a not care I don't care all I care about is, is, is my father's opinion to me right and, and you know value that, that more than anything yeah that's to great. the point that's you know you correct. see this I'll close on this illustrating the life of the apostle Paul in Acts chapter 14 when he goes to Lystra and the miracle occurs the lame man is healed the people actually worship him and Paul says don't do it I'm a man like unto you five verses down the people are picking up stones and stoning him. They had him up here and they had him down here. Yeah. But you know Paul didn't care. Because his identity was not what people thought of him. His identity was who, what, who he was in Christ. Yeah. See, he didn't care. I had an old missions teacher once said to That's me, what's it. the yeah. devil going to do with a guy like that? Mm -hmm. He don't care. Absolutely. He says, you kill me, great. I go to be with the Lord. You don't kill me, I stay here. I keep preaching the word. Absolutely. He locked in yeah. on his identity, which was in Christ, and he wasn't moved by people. Absolutely. Troy, thank you for coming on today. And Matt, and Thanks, we Troy. look forward to yeah, future thanks shows. Wanda, awesome Jen. Thank you, Wanda. Yes. Have a good weekend, everybody. Yeah. Uh, we done. have some special guests uh, <laughs> just about. We have... <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple interesting guests coming up in the future. Uh, uh, a good friend of mine, he's a Christian psychiatrist. He's going to show, uh, I think it's September 9th, he's going to be coming on and showing that when people get involved with opioids and pornography and all this, it actually has the uh, capacity to rewire yeah. the nervous system of our brain. And he's going to show how we break that uh, through looking at God's Word and spiritual truths. We also have uh, some other special guests down the road, and we hope to have you back on, Troy and Matt. And so to our listeners out there, you have the contact information uh, for Church of the North Coast. Uh, just go to their website. And also, um, anybody has questions, can call into the show, 440-399-3044. So thank you again, Wanda, for heading up uh, all the technical and everything. In Thanks, the, Wanda. Uh, here. And David, and uh, until next week, God bless you. God bless, God bless you.